Hi everyone, welcome back to the next episode of the HSC Network podcast. Uh, next up, we bring you the interview between Elliot Cunnington and Gareth Mullen from the HSC UK Congress. The interview was conducted at a fantastic event. It took place, of course, before the UK went into lockdown and it focuses around the subject of mental health in the workplace. So we now welcome Gareth Mullen from Thames Water to the HSE Network. Gareth, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. We're going to be talking about uh, a range of things today, mainly based on uh, mental health. So, Gareth, mental health, huge subject, getting more and more popular at the minute as more and more people talk about it. Well, how much of a part is it taking up of your job at the minute? Okay, I guess for me, um, something I always use, talk about is uh, I was a health and safety professional. Um, and then took over an occupational health team for a short period of time. And that's where the health side of health and safety started to become more important to me. Mm. So for me, um, talking as much about health as, as loud as we do about safety is, is the most important thing. Brilliant, yeah, because it seems to be as well that we talk about HSE as health, safety, environment, but all that really gets spoken about is safety and people falling over or killing themselves, whatever. It doesn't seem to be the more that you can't see that's Absolutely. going on inside. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So um, we were speaking uh, a minute ago about uh, how you work with the government and all that stuff, and we were talking about a couple of things, talking about Brexit, and it seems to be that it, a lot of the focus, I know we were talking about something different, but a lot of the focus at the minute has been on things like Brexit, all the big things. Yep. We've got our mental health policy in the UK, and you know, it'll work. It doesn't matter that it was right 200 years ago, you know, but it's... So, yeah, you were saying you were working a lot with the government and those sort of agencies, so... Absolutely. So Theresa May introduced her... Uh, uh, Prime Minister's review of mental health uh, a few years back and we worked very closely then with the Cabinet Office who came down to look at to see what Thames Water was doing um, and through that work we've helped shape Lord Stevenson and Paul Farmer uh, producing their report the Thriving at Work Standards um, which are now the guidance documents for all businesses to to um, to work towards uh, uh, to help them as provide a framework for them in in looking after the mental health of their employees. Definitely, and I was watching actually the Prime Minister's questions the other day um, with the obviously the new government we have now, and a lot of people were still bringing it up. So it's quite nice that it hasn't. It's not something that was made in a policy. It's not another one of the government's policies that's sort of been put aside. It is still at the forefront of a lot of the vast majority, I would say, of the MPs' minds. Absolutely, yep. As well. So, for how important do you think it is, um, and how hopefully what you'll be doing moving forward? Because obviously these things need to be adapted. Mental health even though it's been around a long time, it's still quite new, I suppose, in the way it's been spoken about now. So things are going to change quickly, I suppose, as new technologies come in or whatever, and more people talk. So I suppose upgrading a policy is as well. Absolutely, and it's adapting um, things for your environment. So there is no silver bullet. There's no one-size-fits-all strategy that's going to work for everybody. Mm. So it's looking at what you're able to do uh, and and what are the, the issues facing your, your employees? Mm. Because everybody's very much focused at the moment on mental health at work. Mm. Actually, it's the mental health of your employees full stop. Um, where, yes, they spend eight hours a day at work, but actually there's go, they go through a lot more at home. Mm. And unfortunately, it's the vast majority of the time, it's what's going on at home that comes into the workplace. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, you, you have to look after the whole employee, not just the work employee. Yeah, well, I was talking to um, someone else a minute ago about uh, fatigue and people turning up. They all of a sudden introduced this system of fatigue and noticed huge numbers that legal hated to see because you've got people turning up and trying to do their job. And what we were talking about was um, uh, from a driver's point of view, they're turning up absolutely shattered from the night before because they've whatever they've got going on in their personal life, 
and they've turned up sort of almost unable to work but have to go to work and then it causes nothing but problems I suppose for for every business absolutely and that's mental health and physical health are no different to that so um, again, lots of companies will focus on the work aspects, um, of f- forgetting about the home life, and yet it's the home life which starts to impact. So if you imagine, um, many companies will provide physio treatment for somebody who has an injury at work, um, and that's great, that's fantastic, but it's just kind of only solving a small proportion of that mm. um, issue. Um, within Thames Water, we'll provide physio for anybody who has any injury at work. So if you think about the NHS nowadays, how difficult is it is to get a physio on the NHS? Mm-hmm. You could be waiting six to eight weeks. That six to eight weeks that that employee is suffering yeah. isn't at their best at work uh, and therefore impacting on themselves and their colleagues uh, and the work, um, our delivering of the work itself. So we don't offer that physio upfront straight away right. uh, with a view of getting somebody back into work within two to three days. Um, and therefore saving on all that productivity, lost time, absence and, and the pressures upon their colleagues to actually keep up their work. Yeah. So yeah, small outlay at the front end um, can have huge benefits to the bottom line at the end of the day. Because I was speaking to a, a colleague of mine the other day and he was actually physically or like feeling sick rather than mentally. But um, he wasn't particularly doing his job very well, whatever. There was other things in his mind. Um, and you sort of have to say to him, rather than muscle through for a week at work not being very well, go home for a day, relax, try and get better sort of quicker, and then you can come back in your own form better, not only do we then have to pay sick pay and all that stuff, you've actually got someone being paid for the job they're doing. Yep. But, you know, they're also recovering quicker, I suppose. Absolutely. And the, and the whole package leads to uh, an employee that's feeling happier, feeling cared for, uh, feeling loved, mm-hmm. um, and that results in happier employees at work which means better productivity, exactly. better work environment. Yeah, um, the whole morale thing seems to absolutely. crop up a lot. I mean, it come up a lot um, when I was studying business. It was always how do you motivate your staff, keep them you know, sort of highly motivated, morale, keep that up. You know? And if you've got a lot of people who think, oh, the business don't really care about me, especially a big business like yours, you know, it's not a, a shop corner sort of, um, you know, it's a, big, it's a big business. And to feel that you are part of it when there's obviously so many people must be, I suppose quite a tricky thing, but also quite a nice thing for the person that feels loved, if you like. Absolutely. And, and that's why we promote everything that we do as much as we possibly can. Because mm. um, for us, that's around, we're attracting then employees into the business. Mm. Um, employees who want to be there because of the things that we do. And therefore, again, are happier employers, employees, more productive. Um, and at the end of the day, everybody benefits from that. So internally, it seems to be, as we were saying, um, more people are starting to talk about this now. It's it is still a big problem. People keeping it clogged up, but it does seem that there are there's been quite a big change in the last couple of years, really. So, how do you find it is um, in a business like Thames Water to try and get people to, I suppose, sort of announce it? I suppose, or yeah, yeah admit they've got a problem. I suppose the first problem that you have. Absolutely, and, and it comes down to the culture that you have. You have to have that open culture first of all. Otherwise, people won't come forward and, and talk. Um, so our mental health strategy was, it was entitled Time to Talk. Right. Um, it's given people the opportunity um, not only to talk themselves, but to have people to talk to. Mm. So as a business, we have 500 plus mental health first aiders. Um, we aim for one in 10 employees being a mental health first aider. 
Uh, and we advertise the fact that we're mental health first aiders. So um, if I was in work garb today, I'd have my green mental health first aider lanyard on, okay. uh, which identifies the fact that I'm a mental health first aider. Um, and that I have an obligation if somebody comes and stops me in the corridor for a chat, I have to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there for that, that, that person there, first and foremost. Um, and so the business has to have that culture of, yes, it's, people, it's okay for people to talk, but they need to talk to somebody, and those people need to be available. Mm. So I could be being called off to the exec for a meeting, but if I get stopped, I have to stop. Yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah. Um, if um, we, we do have a culture for ourselves as mental health first aiders that we can take that green lanyard off. Right, yeah. That means we're then closed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that day we might have had a hard time at home ourselves. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We don't want to be listening to other people's um, <laughs> concerns. So um, the ability to switch off as well is very, very important. Mm. And suppose um, we were talking earlier that, you know, someone who has a particularly home life, uh, difficult home life for whatever reason, it might even be one day they've had a, they bring that into work and then they have a tough day at work and then they bring that home and you end up in this horrible spiral that just goes off into the... Absolutely. Knackered, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. So, how do you um, sort of close up from a uh, that highest point of the business? So, more like the CEO, the, the the top level people. They employ you and everyone else to do the job. They, if they don't see mental health, let's say, as a as a top priority, when they've got, they think health and safety is a million other things. It's, I suppose, it's being able to feed back to them that you know this needs to be done we might need to invest in this or whatever, but it's, I suppose it's trying to, I can't remember what the word is, but so encourage them that this is the right thing to, to do. Yeah, so it's, it's establishing what the benefits are out of this. Um, so if we went to the exec and said, we want to spend 75,000 pound this year um, on physio treatment for our, for our staff, we'd probably get told to go away. Yeah. Um, but if we can start something small, um, start to show the benefits of, of what we're doing, uh, so if you imagine the £75,000 that we've spent uh, two years ago on physio treatment resulted in about £800 saving in terms of absence and productivity. Exactly. Talk a language they understand. Then you can deliver that. So it's about telling them that story. Right. Um, and you, you need to take them on the journey to un- help them understand why. So if you look at, um, we provide personal medical assessments for our people. Uh, so every year, all 5,500 employees that we have have the opportunity to undertake a personal medical assessment. Okay. Part of those personal medical assessments is to have a blood test done for prostate cancer for, for the gentleman over, over an age. Um, we know we have 13 individuals who have had that test and have come to us to tell us afterwards that they have prostate cancer. Who might not necessarily done the test. So would never have done the test, right. had no signs or symptoms, wow. didn't have a scooby, they had anything wrong with them. Um, and because we caught them early enough, they've all had treatment uh, at a relatively low level mm. um, and are all here today to talk about it. Wow, that's excellent. Now that's just the 13 people who've come forward because obviously we don't know who's had a, yeah, a bad yeah. result. That's all kept confidential. Um, what we do know is we've had 244 individuals who had signs, at, at, at signs that said they had a higher level um, and therefore propensity for for. Um, prostate cancer who are advised to go and see their GP for further tests. Wow. So I suppose that goes back to the point we made originally that you know, the company does care about you. You're not in to do a job, get paid and go home. We do actually care about It's the whole you. person, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today. No problem, um, Excellent. Thank you very thank much. You. 
Our thanks goes out to Gareth for his time and there were some really interesting discussions there on mental health, what Thameswater is doing with mental health in their instance and how you could improve it in your organisation going forward. Thanks everyone for listening and we look forward to you tuning in for the next podcast.